Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka The Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. You asked and I answered. So you wanted me to deep dive more into sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. So let's do that. Let's talk about why you don't want to walk around with a high sex hormone binding globulin and why you should test it frequently and what the causes are as well as what you can do about it. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So first of all, sex hormone binding globulin does pretty much exactly what it sounds like it does. And we talked about this extensively in the testosterone episode. So you can go back and listen to that. We talked about it in relationship to it binding to your testosterone levels. Now, testosterone is important for male and female alike. And low testosterone definitely brings on or it accelerates that flip of the switch for autoimmune. So just like we say with Hashimoto's, it's usually after a stressor, after a major stressor, even pregnancy is a stressor. So that's when we will see that autoimmune switch flip into the on position. And that's where people say, you know, it was after this point of time that everything went down the tubes. And that is often low testosterone turning on that autoimmune switch. And that's why women are more susceptible to Hashimoto's because we have fluctuating hormones like crazy. We have more estrogen than men and estrogen dominance is an issue. And then we have lower testosterone levels. Testosterone is very, very protective to the immune system. So when we have high sex hormone binding globulin, it can bind to testosterone, lowering the total or making it virtually inactive. And it will bind, will bind to the free, making it inactive. It will lower the total. And then it will bind to thyroid hormone as well. And we don't want that when we're trying to optimize your thyroid. That's pretty much the last thing we want. Now, a couple of the things that actually increase SHBG, one of them can be hyperthyroidism. Now, let me clarify. This is truly if you have Graves' disease or if you are, for some reason, self-medicating to a point that you are literally 
pushing yourself into a hyperthyroid state. Or it can be because your doctor keeps pumping you full of T4 medication. And that T4 is suppressing your TSH. Now I can tell you personally, there have been times that I have had a high SHBG and there are times that I don't. And many of you know that I am on a higher dose of T3 only. Technically, if you were to look at my TSH just by itself, you'd say this girl is definitely hyperthyroid because it's very, very suppressed. We don't go by TSH alone to diagnose hyperthyroidism. We have to look at the suppressed TSH and then say, how do you feel? Are you jittery? Are you anxious? Do you have insomnia? And hey, what about that free T3 and free T4? Are those through the roof? Are they actually jacked up, elevated? Then yeah, you might have hyperthyroidism. But the other component to that is if you're taking so much T4. Oh, and the reason why I brought myself up is I'm on a lot of T3. Some practitioners will say that it's high T3 dosing that causes elevated SHBG, but there are times where mine has not been elevated. So I'm not 100% diving into that theory because there's so many other causes of it. But if you are taking a large amount of T4 and your TSH is suppressed, you most likely are not feeling hyper and your free T3 probably isn't through the roof, not with that much T4, but all that T4 could suppress your TSH and cause elevated SHBG. The other thing to consider is liver. Now, normally this is with liver disease, but we do want to give some love to the liver because the liver processes our hormones. The liver processes toxins and all of the toxins that we are exposed to on a daily, daily basis in the air that you breathe and the water you drink, even if you're getting organic foods and fruits and vegetables, which is awesome. Good, good. I'm glad you're doing that, but they could still be sprayed with pesticides. So let's face it. Our liver takes a beating. How about that bath and body wash stuff that you're this smelly stuff that's in your shower or the lotion that you slather on your body after you get out of the shower. All of that is loaded with toxins, unless you're going that organic paraben-free route, loaded with toxins and loaded with xenoestrogens, which leads me to my next factor in elevated SHBG, estrogen dominance. So if you have estrogen dominance just through having low progesterone in relationship to your estrogen, or you are pounded with xenoestrogens, meaning you're slathering on that bath and body work stuff on your body, and you're drinking a lot of alcohol, and you're microwaving in plastic and still drinking out of plastic water bottles, your body is most likely high in xenoestrogens. It's not going to show up necessarily on an estrogen test. So we could test your blood and it's not going to pop up. Oh my gosh, this person is estrogen dominant if you're just exposed to the fake estrogens. But that can be a cause of elevated SHBG. Birth control, ladies, we've talked ad nauseum of how birth control can directly affect your thyroid function. It can downregulate your thyroid function, meaning it's pushing it into the toilet and making it not work very well. Birth control is nothing but fake synthetic 
hormones. They are not bioidentical. They do not look like anything that is naturally produced by your body. And yet birth control is prescribed left and right. I was on it too. I'm not shaking a finger without one pointing back at me. I get it. I was on it too. And sometimes you want to use birth control for birth control because you're not ready to have kids. However, please note and know this in your mind that while you are on that birth control, oral, the Mirena, IUD, whatever, you are pumping synthetic hormones into your body. You're most likely making yourself estrogen dominant. You're most likely tanking your thyroid because of it. We can't balance your hormones while you're putting fake ones in. And you're probably not going to lose the weight until you get off that birth control. Now, maybe, maybe we can break through that and it can still happen. I still competed and lost weight when I was on birth control and didn't know any better. But that is one huge factor. If your SHBG is high, please note that it could be that birth control that is inside of you or that you're taking on a regular basis. Obesity, excess body fat. So we know that excess body fat will increase sex hormone binding globulin. Now it can just be that you're carrying excess body fat for whatever reason. Maybe if you're eating like garbage, if you're insulin resistant, if your thyroid's in the tank, if your testosterone's in the tank, which is probably correlated to the highest HBG, whatever is that cause of your weight gain that excess body fat not only increases your estrogen. So see how everything is tied together, right? That excess body fat increases your estrogen because estrogen is stored in body fat. So that's one way to get excess estrogen. Just stay overweight. Don't make any changes. Don't try to optimize your thyroid. Just stay right there. And then the excess body fat that comes from insulin resistance because if you're insulin resistant, pre-diabetic, your body is in a constant state of fat storage. It cannot shift over into a fat burning mode. It stays in that fat storage, fat storage, fat storage mode. And because of that excess fat and the insulin resistance, so high insulin levels also push up sex hormone binding globulin. Another cause, which is kind of contradictory to what we just said, it would be low caloric dieting. However, if you are overweight, if you're like, oh my gosh, I need to lose this weight, I'm gonna go on a diet and you start cutting your calories and you are doing too low of a calorie intake, male or female, I'm talking to both of you. That low caloric dieting, which is not the same as low carb dieting for insulin resistance, that low caloric dieting will increase sex hormone binding globulin. So now you're screwed. Now you're trying to lose weight by cutting your calories down to nothing. What's going to happen is you're going to increase your sex hormone binding globulin, which is going to bind to your thyroid hormone, which gives you a metabolism, which is going to bind to testosterone that gives you a metabolism. It's also going to decrease your leptin, that satiety hormone. So you're always going to be hungry and you're starving yourself in the process. So now you get a double whammy of starvation and hunger signals. And your body does go into starvation mode and it will hold on to every little fat cell for dear life. So don't, don't do a starvation diet. That's just silly. Another cause that I see almost every day in my female patients is low protein intake. 
Now we talk about protein and the importance of it for your hair, for your muscles, for you know testosterone, for working out, for losing weight. But we also have to talk about it in context of elevated SHBG. So if your protein intake is low, your SHBG will go up. And there are studies on this. There are studies. Protein is so important that human omnivores were found to have 23% lower levels of SHBG than their vegetarian counterparts. So you vegans and vegetarians out there, get your SHBG tested because chances are it's elevated and that will bind to testosterone and bind to thyroid hormone and render it useless. And you will never lose weight if that is the case. And then in addition, your vegetarian and veganism is keeping you from getting whole protein sources. So when you're complaining about your hair and your hair loss, that's a big one. That is a big one. Lack of amino acids, low protein intake is a big one. So by low, I know you're going to ask me this. So I'm going to say it. Ladies, I mean minimal 80 grams a day of animal-based protein. That's your chicken, your fish, your, your grass-fed red meat, your eggs. You can use a whole body collagen. People go, is that count for a protein? Yes, it does. A hydro beef collagen-based good protein powder. That's another one. There are so many so many different sources of protein out there. There's no reason why you should be under 80. Another one is alcohol. Now we know that alcohol isn't good for testosterone levels. We know that. But now if we look into the research, even a short abstinence of alcohol can significantly decrease SHB levels. Significant, like by 17%. So Cut the alcohol out. It's going to help you lose weight anyways, which is what cause number two or three. Alcohol does contribute to insulin resistance. That's cause number four. So now that we're on cause number five or six, whatever this one is, cut out the alcohol because alcohol will increase sex hormone binding globulin, decrease your testosterone levels, increase your insulin, and your body just flat out sees it as a foreign substance and it doesn't like it. It sees that alcohol come in, it will stop all fat burning and it will shuttle anything that you eat. I know that pizza and beer sounds so good. It will shuttle anything that you eat into fat storage. Save it for later because it can't deal with it. Your body basically says, listen, this foreign invader's coming in. This protein, carbon, fat meal over here, this person's eating the pizza. We can't deal with it right now. Can't deal with it right now. So what are we going to do? We're going to just store it as fat on the body. Save it for later. Okay, there are some medications that can increase SHBG. Now, we talked about insulin earlier. So if you happen to be an insulin-dependent diabetic or you're type 1 diabetic and you have to take insulin or use an insulin pump, you want to keep an eye on your SHBG because that can go up. Obviously, any kind of estrogen, now if we're using estradiol on you, chances are you're a menopausal woman and you need it. But for some ungodly reason, and I will say this, I have had two male patients come to me and they let me know that their doctor before starting working with me or my team had them on a medication 
that increases their estrogen and their men. I have no idea what either of their doctors were thinking. I don't know if they thought that maybe it was an aromatase inhibitor and they misprescribed, but these guys had estrogen levels through the freaking roof and it did nothing for their testosterone. So if you are on a medication that begins with a C, guys, look it up and see if it's used, its main use is for women and specifically like women getting pregnant. No, it's not even progesterone. It's straight up freaking increasing your estrogen. So look that up and don't take it because that's going to increase SHBG and it's going to make you fat and drive your estrogen through the roof and your testosterone down. Spirulone, I hate saying this name. That's why I was called Spiro. Spironolactone, spironolactone. Many of you ladies are on it for acne, for PCOS. Well, it's going to plummet your testosterone and it's going to increase your SHBG. Let's do other things to help with that acne. And then we talked about birth control. We talked about the fake estrogens, the fake hormones, the fake progesterones. And then some antidepressants. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, some of you need them and some of you are given that as a Band-Aid. So some of the antidepressants, the tricyclics, the MAOIs, the SSRIs, Xanax. So if I had to guess, I would say that me needing to take Xanax to sleep for years most likely was the cause of my elevated SHBG when it was high versus too much T3 or suppressing my TSH because I wasn't hyper. So Xanax is on the list of medications that can raise your SHBG. Morphine can, Buspar can, some antipsychotics can, some antihypertensives can. I know the list is long. The list is long. So what do you want to do to actually decrease your SHBG? Well, you want to lower your insulin. We talk about that. So even the use of berberine, that's going to help lower your insulin, lower your glucose levels. Then ridding your body and your house and your bathroom from the xenoestrogens, that's a big one. Losing weight, getting your thyroid on track so you're not hypo. Oh, by the way, hypothyroidism can also cause elevated SHBG. So if you're not being medicated properly, just like we said, hyper can, hypo can as well. Because hypo is going to tank your testosterone. It's going to tank all your sex hormones. So sex hormone binding globulin rises in response to that. So you want to lose your weight. You want to not be insulin resistant. You want to not be estrogen dominant. Sometimes taking things like DIM and calcium deglucurate help with that estrogen dominance as well. Supporting healthy testosterone levels, taking your vitamin D. So anything that can support your immune system, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C. Vitamin D, we want that blood level at 80 to 100. Even if it's over 100, I really don't care. But we want you taking vitamin D. We want you taking the things that can absolutely help with elevated sex hormone binding globulin. Increase your calories. Get out of that caloric deficit. But wait, you said I had to lose weight. Yeah, you do have to lose weight if you're overweight in order to decrease SHBG, but then we have to increase your calories so you're not in a starvation mode. If you put on that weight because you were starving yourself and now your leptin's in the tank, 
and your body is holding on to every ounce of fat for dear life, that's going to be a problem. You have to slowly increase those calories at the same time, reducing your carbohydrates to lower the insulin, obviously optimize your thyroid and your hormones because nothing's happened until you do that. Then that increase in calories will actually benefit you because it'll bring you up to the human range, the human range of caloric intake. You know, a lot of you are taking fiber because you heard it. I, I usually say Dr. Oz, but now I kind of like the guy because he's running for Senate and PA. So you heard it on Dr. Oz, you heard it on Oprah, you heard it on the doctors, you read it on Facebook, you read it on a blog, that you should be taking more fiber. First of all, most of the time, fiber actually binds you up. I know there's going to be a couple of you out there going, no, 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 unless I take my fiber, I don't poop every day. I get it. You can stick with your fiber if you really believe it's making that much of a difference. But most of the time, I see fiber constipating people. And they're taking it and they're crossing their fingers that they're going to poop today, but they don't. It just makes the whole situation worse. Well, it turns out excessive fiber intake can also raise your SHBG. We don't want that. We don't want that. That's in the studies too. An increased fiber intake is associated with an increased SHBG level. Based on this study, you really only need about 20 grams of fiber per day, if that, if that. And if you really want to poop, increase your magnesium. Because by the way, see, I love how everything's tied together. Low magnesium is also associated with increased sex hormone binding globulin. So if you're taking your magnesium, you're going to help with T4 to T3 conversion. You're going to help yourself go to the bathroom every day. You're going to help with muscle pain and cramping. You're going to help with your migraines. And you're going to help lower your SHBG. So there you go. How about that? And then remember through all of this, as we're working on lowering your sex hormone binding globulin, it's that both and theory. We also want to be optimizing your thyroid and optimizing your testosterone because I don't want you walking around with low testosterone and I don't want you walking around with low T3 because both of those, I don't know whether they're going to directly impact your SHBG, but they're going to act like you might as well have a high SHBG because there's not enough of them to go around anyways. You need that T3 to get into your cell to give you a metabolism and grow your hair and strengthen your nails and give you a good mood and light up your brain. And then you need testosterone, which is what? The get shit done hormone to give you motivation to improve your mood, to bring you out of that apathy, to bring you out of that depression, to help you burn fat and help you build sexy, lean muscle and to give you a libido. So if both of those are down, who really cares what SHBG is doing at the end of the day? You got to work on those two in addition to figuring out if you have high SHBG and what to do and to lower that. So DIM, calcium deglucurate, detox support packets to support the liver. I love doing a liver support once every quarter. So every time the seasons change, you run one pack a day for 30 days of the liver detox support from Designs for Health and then run it again in a couple of months and always, always, always support your liver because remember all your hormones are methylated through your liver and T4 to T3 conversion happens in the liver too. Boron, which I have not tried. So I'm not speaking from experience. I'm speaking from studies. Boron has actually been shown to lower SHBG. Now the quality of boron I know is very, very important. So I'm not sure where to tell you to go for that specifically, but it does help and it can help. So that's one thing to put into your repertoire. 
And then the types of boron, boron citrate, aspartate, and glycinate. It's kind of similar to magnesium, right? There's so many types, but you want to do a little bit of research on your own. There is a study that shows that taking 10 milligrams of boron has been proven to lower SHBG within only six hours of taking it. This study also showed a 28% increase in free testosterone by decreasing SHBG. So I'm going to look that up for you. By the time this releases, I'll have a, a boron link. I'll do the research. You don't do the research. I'll do the research. I'll have a boron link in the show notes for you. De-stressing, hot yoga, sweating, infrared saunas, meditating, getting your brain back in alignment, that will help. Decreasing stress however you can. The stress that you can control, you control. The stress you can't control, you learn to deal with. So whatever gets your head on straight and decreases that stress, that's very helpful as well. And sweating, i.e. sauna, infrared sauna, hot yoga, also helps detoxify your liver and helps detoxify your body from excess estrogen. So that's great for estrogen dominance too, by the way. Total hormone lesson here. I love it. You guys were asking for it, had to give it to you. Answers to high SHBG, what causes it and what to do about it. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.